twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. And welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roque. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll interview Bill Casto, a seasoned amateur radio operator who operates Continuous Wave, or CW, and a member of the Charlotte Amateur Radio Club, W4CQ. We'll also review the Motorola RMM 2050 MERS two-way radio and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialists. Morse code or CW, continuous wave, is no longer a requirement for obtaining an amateur radio license. However, there are still some old hams who use it, and quite proficiently. Bill Casto has been using CW most of his life and is a lifetime member of the Charlotte Amateur Radio Club, W4CQ. Bill is an old friend of mine, and I caught up with him in an interview during Amateur Radio Field Day 2013. Today we're going to play that interview. We'll find out how he became interested in CW, where Morse or International Code is now, and how some hams still use this form of communication in the 21st century. And we're talking with Bill Casto. Bill, welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. Thank you very much. First of all, uh, I want to say that I've known Bill for a long, long time. We're old friends. We've worked together in broadcasting for many years. And uh, you've been a ham uh, for as long as I've known you. You've been an amateur radio operator. Since 1963. Yeah, and um, now how did uh, you get started in ham radio? My dad actually got me interested. When I was 11, he bought me my first electronics kit. 11? Yeah, and then as we went on, uh, he'd get me more involved because he was in electronics also. And at one point, I wanted to be a, a CBer. We all know the CBers. <laughs> and he said if I would get my ham radio license, he would buy me my first radio outfit. And that's uh, that's how it happened. Well, you know, that's a good incentive. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> it's always a good incentive. It's, yeah. Actually, I kind of we kind of did that with with Tommy. And so, you know, you, you get your ham radio license, I'll, I'll get you a, a radio. And so, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. And now he got it, and he got his radio, too. Yeah, so it's, uh, well. it's good training. Yeah, yeah, it is. And now when you start off, and you said you start off in CB first, right? Well, I wanted to, yes. I uh, dabbled in CB radio, and, and I knew everything that was going on as far as people talking to each other and the laws to obey. And it was just like a fascination for a kid that was that young, like at 11 or 12. Now, at that time, uh, you still had to have a license to operate a CB. Yes, you well, did. Yeah. Yes, it was very yeah. strict back then for CB uh, radios. 
and then the seventies, the the big CB boom, and then and then they, yeah, they sort grew. of started licensing by rule. Um, when you were doing that in, in CB, were there, were there a lot of other people at the time that were that were into it before the seventies? Yes, there was. Uh, you could find anybody on a CB. They may be uh, 10, 15, 20 miles away. And then sometimes the skip would come in and people would would chase the skip or the long distance stations, which was really illegal then. Yeah. Well, a lot of hams got their start in CB, right? And they kind of graduated up from there. I've, I've heard from a number of hams that that's kind of how they got their start. Well, sometimes, but... Uh, associating a ham with a sea beer is kind of like uh, a no-no. <laughs> I mean, they really yeah. won't admit it. I, I understand that. It seems to be there seems to be a little bit of contention between the sea beers and the hams sometimes, uh, for various reasons. But there are some hams uh, that I've talked to that uh, will kind of I don't know if they fondly remember it, but they but but they still have some respect for the sea beers because they were once sea beers. Oh themselves. yes, and. Uh, I always had one in my automobile, mm-hmm. especially on Channel 19 to know where the Smokies were. <laughs> now, when you got into ham radio, um, what uh, what area of ham uh, amateur radio interested you the most? I'm not uh, so sure any one area interested me the most because I was a young kid. And just the excitement of being on the air and talking to someone... And I had a lot of missteps along the way. I had to learn how to tune up my own radio. And I had a friend of mine that was the same age. And I connected up with him. And uh, he came over one day and showed me what I wasn't doing correctly. And after that, I was making a lot of contacts. Up until then, I didn't. But I have operated uh, Morse code mm-hmm. called CW, Continuous Wave, ever since I was a ham. And because operating CW, you could buy a station a lot cheaper than you could if you bought a sideband station or AM station, it was a lot less expensive. So I always was operating CW, and as a result, after all those years, I developed a real love for it, and even do it today. You know, um, it's not required anymore to, to know... Um, you know the Morse or the International Morse Code, but at that time that was that was one of the prerequisites for getting your ham license. Was it? Was it not? Is that correct? Y- yes, it was. And uh, a lot of people can't even hear the difference in tones or anything for mm-hmm. Morse code, and so a lot of people had a lot of trouble learning it. And eventually, like you said, they did do away with the Morse code requirement, mm-hmm. which is good for radio amateurs because then it brings more people into the group mm-hmm. and uh, like we're kind of an aging hobby and we need to get younger people into it. But on the flip side, it, it's, I guess it might be a, a kind of bad in the sense that it's sort of a lost art in a, in a sense then, would you say? Well, yes, because when stuff started out, when radio came into being, that yeah. was mostly what they had was uh, Morse code. And then all ships, yeah. of course, would send SOS with Morse code. Well, they're not doing that anymore. So it's, it's, it's really kind of a lost art, in a sense. Yes, it still brings a lot of uh, excitement to the people that really love it. Uh, 
I know that the Boy Scouts at one point did away with the Radio Merit Badge mm-hmm. in here recently. I believe they have brought it back because I have a friend that has now taken the Radio Merit Badge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that people know how to do that. If if you were out somewhere and you had a buddy across the hill, you could signal him with a flashing light if you knew to cut. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's really old school, but it seems like something that, that a scout should know. It's, it's part well, of the... Well, uh, you know, uh, you can find uses for anything. Yeah. But, you know, it just, uh, a lot of people just like it. Well, I think technology has had a lot to do with it because with the uh, advancements in all the technology today, I guess it sort of has made uh, more really antiquated in that sense, which is kind of a shame because, you know, if we lose everything else uh, as far as communication is concerned, uh, Morse is still... uh, can still be something to, to, to fall back on, but if nobody knows it... Yeah, if you've had an emergency situation some type of a disaster you were involved in, a CW transmitter would be the easiest thing that you could make. You could even make it out of the parts of your AM radio if you knew what the parts were. And you could, you know, send a code. Of course, it takes a little knowledge to do that, but it's possible. So I think that our society has become so technological. We just push a button. We push a button and we do this. We operate devices. I think that we could actually find ourselves illiterate when it comes to things that happened in days gone by to where we wouldn't be able to do it. If our devices disappeared, yeah. we'd be lost. What would, we, uh, what would a lot of us do today? And that's how a lot of people are, most people are raised today. That's a good point. That, that's a really good point. Um, well, now you um, you do know Morse, and, and and how how many words a minute? Do you? I can do about thirty words a minute, and I keep trying to improve it all the time. That's so pretty good. That's uh, a lot more than I can. Uh, <laughs> what's what's the fastest? I mean, uh, what's what's the ma- What's the top uh, that you know of? There are people that can receive sixty to sixty-five words a minute in their head. Wow, how they do it. I will never know because I can't even make out the characters at that speed. <laughs> I, I have trouble thinking that fast in the, when I get up in the morning. So <laughs> I would I would think if a person could receive sixty words a minute Morse code, that they could receive sixty word a minute radio teletype in their head. <laughs> wow! But you've been doing this for a while, so it's it's kind of second nature to you, then, really. It's. Uh, it's something to relax by. You may go for years and be so involved with, with life and making a living, you may not do it. But there'll come a time to where uh, you'll say, oh, man, I want to do that again. And uh, it brings some enjoyment and relaxation. And you meet a lot of people on the radio in yeah. many different places. Yeah, all, all around the world. It, now, with Morse, too, that, that, that's something that it's an international code. Yeah, and this is the type of thing that you can talk to anyone in just about any language, in a sense. I mean, well, there's still the language; they're still doing it in their language, but 
Well, most people are sending English. If, if I'm going to talk to them on here, they're going to have to be able to speak English or right, right. a few words and able to communicate with them. But if they were speaking French or something like that, they could talk to another Frenchman in Morse code. That's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, but no, no, what's uh, being sent over here on the radio right now? Now, you have an ICOM right here behind you. Yeah, we're having a contest right now. It's called uh, Field Day. It's yeah. actually an exercise in emergency communications. And and we are at the field day here in Charlotte. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate being here with everybody. We've learned a lot. Uh, we've talked to a number of hams here. And uh, as I said, Bill is an old friend of mine. And it's been a pleasure uh, seeing you again, Bill, after so many years. And, and uh, seeing you're, you're doing well and, and uh, you're still hamming it up. Have you ever mentioned the fact that you and your son are hams? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we, we have, uh, Tommy and I recently got our, our uh, amateur licenses, and uh, Tommy's found himself an Elmer here. <laughs> it's a, he's, uh, he's been uh, learning a lot today, haven't you? People may not know what a ham Elmer is. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, an Elmer is uh, a mentor, and uh, that's uh, someone who can take the new hams, under the wing and and uh, teach them the the ba- you know teach them the ropes so to speak of ham exactly radio. yeah your son has <laughs> talked to people in Texas and California and uh, other states today as part of me teaching him how to use the radio well, great well um, Bill I want to thank you for your time there and, and thanks for uh, for helping Tommy out and uh, I want to thank you for taking me some time out of uh, your communications here and uh, talking with us on the two-way radio show. Sure. Well, thanks, Rick. I've enjoyed it, too. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Okay. See you later. Coming up, we'll review the new Motorola RMM 2050 MERS two-way radio. How does it stack up against the previous MERS models? We'll find out next on the two-way radio show. Searching for two-way radios? Buy Two-Way Radios has what you need. Buy Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name-brand manufacturers for businesses and consumers alike. Buy Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to the Two-Way Radio Show. And this week we're going to review a new MERS two-way radio from Motorola, the RMM2050. Motorola has released their new RM series. It's the 
replacements of the RDX series that was so popular for so many years, uh, business-grade radios. Today we're going to talk about the RMM 2050, which is a um, the new heir apparent to the older RDM 2020 MERS radio. MERS is a multi-use radio service, license-free VHF frequencies. A lot of folks like the MERS radios because they are license-free. Yeah, that's that's the big advantage to uh, a MERS radio. Now, you're limited to two watts with MERS, but not having to deal with the licensing situation is definitely an advantage. So there are some disadvantages to go along with that. You don't have exclusivity, um, so you you, ha- you may have to deal with interference. You, you don't have the option with these radios of going with a repeater later on if you need more range. But there, there are definitely some cases to be made for m- using a MERS radio. Yes, and, and a lot of the older Motorola radios, XTN series, had both MERS and regular VHF in them years ago. That's right. They, they, like before the MERS frequencies were officially set aside for, for the MERS service, exactly. they were used for business use. So if you still have some legacy XTN radios, then uh, this is a good choice because they're going to be compatible um, right out of the box. Yeah, because they set those up as the default settings were the MERS on the, the uh, two-channel radios. They were MERS frequencies. Exactly. And that's going to apply if you were using uh, XTN, um, XV2100s or XV1100s, or older uh, Kenwood radios like the TK2200 ProTalk. That's right. That's right. Not much differences between the REM series and the uh, no, there's really older not. RDX series. The radios haven't really changed much. They um, they added voice announce. Yes, that's that's the, the big addition. That's right. But other than that, still has the the awesome battery. Um, I think it's a twenty one hundred milliamp battery. They're very loud radios too. That's that's something I really like about used to be the rdx series and now is the the rm series that's right but one of the another big thing that they did is the older rdm series radios were available in a two channel radio or an eight channel radio here they've gone five and it makes life a lot simpler because there's only five merge frequencies so basically they've put one of each frequency in each channel um that's a great point. This this is more of a true MERS radio. That's right. Before, with the RDM series, you could kind of tell they took an RDV 2020 and an RDV 2080 and just reprogrammed it and slapped a RDM label on it. But uh, now, with the RMM 2050, this is a true MERS radio. It's, it's a five-channel radio. Like Anthony said, there's five MERS frequencies, so it's a perfect match. That's right. Um but other than that, it hasn't changed. It'll be fully compatible with if you have RDMs of the past or or some of those XV, XTN radios of the past, it will definitely talk to them. Um, it is user programmable, so everything can be done through the handset itself. A lot of times, though, with the non-display models, I recommend getting a programmable cable. I think they run about 40 bucks. Um, the software is free download off of uh, uh, Motorola's websites. Um, especially if you need to change privacy codes or you want to put 
all five channels at the same frequency or whatever the case may be um definitely be a lot quicker to have the pc programming cable but uh 189 is the price on these that gets you the radio the uh, 2100 milliamp battery lithium battery uh, it comes with a swivel belt holster with a with a spring clip on it that's something that they've added as well it used to be on the rdx series it was just a belt clip that attached to the battery itself and it was it was fixed this has an actual holster kind of like the CLS's used kind of like the old xtn's used um, so you can actually pull that radio out of there um, it's got your standard drop-in charger ac adapter 189 bucks and of course if you enter the promo code show at checkout you can save an additional five percent off your order you know there are a couple of things i wanted to mention about this particular radio uh one is I, i'm really kind of disappointed that they didn't add the NOAA weather frequencies in this one yeah you know i agree with you on that because th- that would have been a perfect addition to a, a mers radio now mers isn't exclusive for business mm-hmm. or um personal use it's it's available for both yeah it's general use and um you know a lot of hunters like to use vhf radios because they feel like you you get better range outdoors with that and NOAA weather alerts or at least access to the weather channels would have been a nice addition to this radio and they did add this to three other models in this new lineup um the rmu 2080 the rmu 2080d and the rmv 2080 that's right um, now, the second thing I wanted to mention was the holster. Uh, we discovered something interesting about the holster when we were doing the uh, unboxing videos for these, which, by the way, we do have a set of unboxing videos uh, coming up for the new RM series, and we do have one coming up very shortly on the RMM2050. So if you want an up-close and personal look at it, uh, this would be a good opportunity to do so. But we did discover during those videos uh, another feature of this holster. Yeah, you you can uh, you can charge this radio while it's in the holster. Pretty, yeah, pretty which is which is nice to yeah. be able to keep up with your. Uh, a lot of times you take that radio out of the holster and put it in the charger. Who knows what you're going to do with the holster? So it keeps it all in one place. Yeah, and some of the disadvantage of the holster is that you have to take the radio out of the holster occasionally. But yeah. Now, with with it being able to charge in the holster, it's not that big of a deal. If you if you want to treat it like you don't even have a holster, like you have a belt clip attached to the radio, you kind of have that option. Essentially, that holster becomes part of the radio, really. If that's what you like. Yeah. So overall, uh, what do you think, Anthony? You give this one a, a thumbs up. I'm all, cool. yeah. I'm always I've always liked the uh, Motorola. I mean, I was a big fan of the RDX series and. Um, the XTN series when it was available, so they they just keep getting better with their uh, with their new series of radios. Okay. Sounds like a winner. Um, any other comments on the RMM twenty fifty? I think we covered it. Okay, well, I, I think this is the best MERS radio available right now. I really do. There there aren't a lot of MERS radio options, but I don't think it gets any better than this. There are there are a few other MERS radios in the market, other companies, but uh, I I would say that I like these the best, really, of of all I ones I've seen so far. The others I've seen are, are very low end products. I'd say comparable to a, a GMRS radio, like a, a bubble pack type GMRS radio. This is a business quality radio for sure. Yeah, Motorola didn't skimp on this one. 
Uh, I'll have to except say on those weather channels. <laughs> except on the weather channels, that's true. Maybe they'll maybe they'll uh, add those in the next uh, the next version. Uh, hopefully. Well, uh, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. The first one, the first one comes from Zucky, and he says, "Hi, my 84-year-old parents live with me." My father has mild dementia and uses a walker. My mother loves to work in the yard, but is uncomfortable leaving Dad inside alone for too long. So I'd like to try and find them a walkie-talkie system that works well inside to outside and vice versa. The simpler and more hands-free, the better. Any advice, suggestions would be much appreciated. And that comes from Zucky. Um, you know, for a easy-to-use walkie-talkie that if you don't need a lot of range out of it, the one I would really recommend is the new MD-207 uh, from Motorola. It's a Motorola Talkabout. The MD-207, um, the best thing about this radio, especially for older people, is uh, the large buttons. This, this is a, a very easy-to-use radio. It has the largest push-to-talk button of any consumer-grade radio that I've seen. And it just makes it easy to use. Even the buttons on the front are large and easy to see. Uh, you have to go into the menu to actually change channels or anything. So it's, it's not like um, you're easily going to change channels and get off of, of the uh, initial setup. Um, so it, it's, it would be a good radio. If you just want to hand it to somebody and say, push this button to talk, and you don't have to, to teach them a lot about it, the, the MD-207 would be a good choice. And uh, it's not very expensive either. I believe it's a, around forty-five dollars. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think someone had suggested Vox before, and, and, and you know, there's some issues with Vox in that regard. I don't know if I'd really want to to. Um, yeah, based on use the question, with, it sounded like he's he's trying to keep it simple. Yeah. And Vox. It sounds like it might be a way to keep it simple, but it's it's really not because you're going to run into issues with with uh, Vox, with um, simplex communications like you have with with radios because uh, of course the beginning of your transmission can be cut off and mm-hmm. you, you can accidentally transmit if there's background noise. There's, there's issues you're going to run into. Go with an MD two hundred seven and and I think you'll be happy with it. All right. Uh, the next one comes from Ralph, and uh, Ralph uh, says uh, he's responding to, you know, our announcement before that the GXT 5000, the Midland GXT 5000, was being discontinued. He says the GXT 5000 is still on the Midland website. Are you sure it's being discontinued? And that's from Ralph. And uh, yeah, Ralph, we're pretty sure that that information came from Midland directly. So unless they've made some change that uh, they haven't told anybody about, uh, it has indeed been discontinued. Now, they have not updated their website. Yeah, I I think they're just slow to update their website. We see that with some manufacturers. You know, they they don't really try to sell through their website, so it's not critical that it it be absolutely up to date. And, of course, it rarely is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, our last one comes from Rent, and this is actually a comment, and he's referring to episode 56, the update on the proposed changes to the GMRS that we did a little while back. He says, hi guys, I've been listening to the podcast, and while I agree with a lot of the points that are being presented, or at least can agree somewhat with the rationale behind them, 
I would rather they leave the regulations as they are for the simple reason of not taking away the functionality and capabilities of the designated GMRS band as it is now. Not everyone in my family is going to want to get a ham radio license, for example, but could still take advantage of relatively high-powered repeaters and base stations while using simple, widely available, and inexpensive handhelds. Amateur radio is a hobby, to say the least, and not everyone is into it, nor do they necessarily want to join the club. While it is unfortunate that GMRS handhelds are being used most times without a license, GMRS as it is now is still providing a good niche service for and through those that do have licenses and know what they're doing, which is also helping to bring practical radio functionality to a wider segment of the population. Just my two cents worth. And that's from Rend. Well, I, I appreciate the comment. He makes a few good points. I think he does. And, and I completely agree with his point. I, I just don't see in the um, proposal, at least, that the FCC put forward, any proposal to really take away um, the way GMRS operates now. Mm-hmm. They had, um, I believe, in the proposal, requested input from uh, the the community as far as um, – whether or not they should lower the power or eliminate repeaters. But they they didn't propose that. They just requested feedback on what people think of that idea. And and the feedback was overwhelmingly negative. If you go through the uh, comments that the FCC received, which I have, I don't see anyone saying, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's get rid of um, repeaters and, you know, lower power limits. So I I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't either. I mean, once, once again, we've I think we've already really um, provided all of our input on on how we feel about uh, the proposed changes to the GMRS. Uh, as it is right now, frankly, it's all up in the air. I I think that's the biggest problem I have with it is that it's just all still in limbo. They haven't made a decision one way or the other. They're just it's just stuck up there. Yeah, and we're and it's four that not years later, knowing. I think. Pretty close to it. I mean, it's that not knowing. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, granted, uh, there are some aspects of it I, I, I don't like, some aspects of it I do like, but all told, I, I wish they'd just make up their minds. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, really? it would be uh, a lot better to just know something and move forward. We hear from customers who aren't going to get a license because they're afraid that tomorrow they're, they're not going to be required anymore. So now this proposal being out there is is a reason to to continue unlicensed. That's true. So A a ruling one way or the other would help. So if you're listening FCC, which I'm sure they they are, I'm sure the NSA is. (laughs) (laughs) FCC, NSA, whatever. Yeah, whatever. If they're listening, please, please – Address this soon, <laughs> one way or the other. Do something, please. Uh, everyone's waiting. Okay, well, I guess that does it for the comments and questions this week. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. All right, once again, before we go, uh, any last words from anyone? I think we covered it. No? Nothing else, Anthony? Great interview, Rick. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, and welcome back, Anthony. 
Thanks. We really, we really Thanks. missed you in the last episode. I missed you guys. <laughs> well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWayRadios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.